Hey there, audio listener. You hear me say this all the time. You are one of the few people listening uh, on iTunes in your truck, in your car, but we appreciate it. Of course, you can go watch this on YouTube, which I highly recommend. There's a whole Making a Mug Club series starting there, which won't make sense audio-wise. Uh, and of course, you can join at ladderwithcrowder.com slash mug club for $69 per year if you're a student, veteran, active military. And let's be honest, all of you are. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, say no more. But uh, with YouTube, which we'll be talking about quite a bit today, the demonetization, the deep platforming it's more important than ever we are so grateful for your support and if anything doesn't make sense as you continue to listen to this show uh go check out the video version enjoy your weekend Idle hips. We need an idle. Let me get my iPad away from the water that came out of the mug there. Hey, uh, we're just enthusiastic this yeah. uh, this week. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a big week. We have a lot to talk about. We have some great guests today. We have Paul Joseph Watson on the show. Boom, boom. Prison Planet, Infowars. He's probably out of a job soon, so maybe you'll see him here. We have uh, the great one, Mark Levin here. Pretty happy about that. And before we get to uh, the guests that we have here in studio and the topics we'll be talking about today, of course, social media, the tech giants, the deplatforming, and uh, we're going to have my lawyer, actually, half-Asian lawyer Bill Richmond, to talk about that. Let me ask you, question of the day, social media giants, obviously, they've, they've started another round of purges uh, against figures as they see it being on the far right, or as we know it, just not the far left. Um, the question is, now that, now that we're beyond Alex Jones, where's the line? Do you think they have a line? Do you have a line? And what actions do you think should be taken against these Leviathans, if any, when it comes to YouTube, Twitter, Facebook? No, I'm all wet. I have to fix this, but I'll just do <laughs> it with a my arm. Dancing with this. Dancing too hard. Look, you can see this. This is disgusting. <laughs> Thing sucks. <laughs> all right, producing, uh, of course, first week uh, without Nakajima. Yeah. We'll see him around every now and then as a quarter black. Garrett, you are a quarter black. I am, right? for sure. Follow Check you on out. Twitter. Mm, there you go. Look, yeah, that's the worst. That's the only thing I've seen. It's only a quarter, that's so like I can't do it that good. My friend got a Cuban cigar that was so clearly faked. On the label, it was misspelled. <laughs> that was the equivalent to that in a hood pass. Yeah. Uh, huge pianist, hugepianist.com. Owen Benjamin is in third chair with us today. How are you, Owen? It's great to be back. I, I now realize I do have to go to the, the uh, shirt store <laughs> because I showed up, uh, and now I realize that I'm wearing a similar shirt. Yeah, I'm proud to be twins. You're, you're, you have dates coming up in Houston, right? I do. I got dates all over. Go to hugepianist.com to check it out and get my last specials. Yes, there are a lot of... Hey, speaking, speaking of... You know who's a special guy? Who's a special guy? The guy who we have here. Uh, G. Morgan Jr., the one, he's buying wine today, so he'll be back next Monday, but he's gone. So, my half-Asian lawyer, Bill Richmond's in the studio today. Yeah! You, Thanks for having me. Are you really glad to be here, though? Because excited. you have a new baby, and we're going to be talking about Facebook and Twitter. Yeah, you know what? I've, we're, we're helping to fix the world, so it's a better world for him to live in. Nice. Yeah, Very so. nice, Bill. I'm pretty, sure that, I'm pretty sure Skynet will have fallen by then. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I wouldn't worry about it. Uh, in other news, let's get to this first. 2018 news, I should say. Christine Hallquist uh, could be elected the first ever transgender governor on Tuesday. She won the Democrat primary, becoming the first. Tra now, this is, by the way, in Vermont. Uh, so whoever wins the Democrat primary, very likely to win the general, in case you didn't know. And uh, this has prompted Vermont's own Ben and Jay's to release a string of new inspired flavors, actually quite a few. So this brings us to this week's Crowder 7 Plus 1. Yo, forgot to find in 
is a chamber. That's right, Ben and Jerry's top seven transgender-themed uh, ice creams. I know, by the way, there are there are Republicans elected in Vermont. I know, even as governor, but this is. In, the, in this case, in a primary. You yeah. need one that's going to be a size 12 shoe in. She is a size yeah. 12 shoe in. Yeah! size 12. Yeah. <laughs> Bill, coming in yeah. hot. He didn't know if he should say that one. We should talk about off-air. Like, mm, can I say it? I'm like, what, what is wrong with you? Off-air, you're the biggest smart no, ass in the world. <laughs> on air, you if, think you have to be respectful. If I had written that joke, I would have stood up to deliver it. Yes. <laughs> I would have been very proud of that. I am standing up. up, and yet I'm still shorter than you. Like your father did at your SMU law graduation, but your mom stayed seated because she was disappointed you weren't a doctor. Yes. Yes, and she remains seated to this day, disappointed. Did you know that? It's actually true. What's that? Was he has a tiger mom, and she wishes he were a doctor. Being an like an awesome half Asian lawyer isn't good enough. No, no, not at all, not at all. Whoa! <laughs> all right, uh, my, my mom's just really happy. I have a driver's license. Yes. <laughs> I have a Class C license. Did you ever have as an actor? Like you got to get your Class C for motorcycle. It's a huge deal. I won't ride. I won't ride motorcycle. No, at six seven, it's probably not very prudent to do. It'd be like that Dumbo mm. movie. All right, listen. Number seven, Ben and Jerry's top tranny flavored ice creams. Little on the nose, chunky tranny. <laughs> Number six. Adam's Apple Crisp. I see what you did. That doesn't even sound uh, very appetizing. Uh, I don't think any of these do uh, because we go to number five. Chocolate chip cookie. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. Oh. And then we've got number four. Triple caramel hormone blockers. Yes. Whoa. Yes. But only between the ages of nine and 11 if you listen to Julie Ray yesterday. <laughs> According to the DSM-5, you only administer those between nine and 11 because that's the cautious approach. They can just reverse it and undo the puberty blockers if they want to continue, as opposed to, say, not administering radical hormone-blocking therapy. Uh. I don't know. Number three, mint chocolate abnormally high suicide rate, which doesn't <laughs> really seem like a flavor. That's a terrible flavor. Ugh. I think you wanted, uh, you wanted this one. You wanted to have a crack at number two. Harry Balsia. It makes it so much more uncomfortable when you deliver looking, looking in my eyes, let alone the audience's yeah, eyes. Yeah, it's intense. Little. And actually, uh, number one was actually, this was, this was similar to number, but you know what? This was Owen's, and this was Owen's baby, and he's pretty proud of it. Number one, uh, Ben and Jerry transgender-themed ice cream, Owen Benjamin. That would be the strawberry short lifespan. That's true. That's a <laughs> We're going to get letters. And by the way, the plus one uh, banana split then inverted into your body yep. cavity to make a fake vagina. That's been this week's 7 Plus One. Uh, that doesn't sound appetizing at all. You forgot the fun in the chamber. In other news that, uh, that sucks, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo uh, told an audience that, quote, America was never that great. Uh, remember there was a point when we were in general elections and Democrats had to act as though they didn't hate their country? Yeah, that was before that bug-eyed lady. Yes, it was before. What the, no, no, uh, no. Uh, that's, that's the pug-eyed lady. The pug-eyed lady. Pug-eyed lady. Is that, are we talking about Nina, Nina Pinta Santa Maria Cortez? Yes, that lady. Can Don't you remember her exact? Here. Alexandria? Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. You got it. There you okay. go. Ooh, would you yeah. have known that, Bill? No. Absolutely. No, I would not have gotten that correct at all. And that's uh, why your mother's disappointed in you, Bill. <laughs> One of 17,000 reasons. Him is the vote for multiculturalism. <laughs> He's so racist. Uh, in case you didn't believe us, we have a clip. We're not going to make America grow. Great again. It was never that great. <laughs> Why does he sound like the guy in Dumb and Dumber who's like, there are other people who need to use the phone. <laughs> <laughs> and that guy sounds like Ray, he was Ray Romano's brother. And I just, I just can't believe that these are actual people. But his, his brother, actually, for those who don't know, CNN's Chris Cuomo was overheard as saying, Hello, darkness, my old friend. I always thought I was pretty great. I've come to talk with you again. That was pretty childish, but it was. We just wanted to fit it in there because he's a DNC pool boy. I feel, uh, I feel like the Cuomo brothers are such a. Uh, 
buzzkills. They could be sitting in a hot tub with champagne and they're just like, I hate bubbles. <laughs> I hate, they're too fizzy. <laughs> My name is Eeyore. Have you seen Piglet anywhere? <laughs> Eeyore has an English accent. I don't know how to do accents, so I just run and gun. <laughs> Shooting from the hip. Sounds, yeah. like the, sounds like the Cuomo's. That is decidedly too New York-y. Yeah. Like even for New York, even New Yorkers would be like, okay, listen, can you tone it down a little bit? Yeah, they're like, we're not a parody of ourselves from a 50s mobster movie. Listen, stop getting worked up. <laughs> You're not that fantastic. Who likes the who, The thing is, people are still voting for the Cuomo's. People were yeah. still going to vote for Anthony Weiner until he became more Anthony Weiner. Do you realize that like, after the first scandal, people are still going to vote for him? Yeah, because New York has Stockholm Syndrome. That's a good point. They yeah. really do. It's oh, and the Cuomo's the are also making it so felons can vote. I want... They're, they're, they're getting all their, they're hedging their bets. So you get to break all of the laws yep. and vote on them. Exactly. Uh, speaking of breaking laws, finally, a congressman actually wants to know if the Chinese spy staffed by Dianne Feinstein <laughs> <laughs> compromised classified intel. <laughs> this comes from the Washington Examiner. Congressman Jim Banks, he asked, we all, while we all know that the FBI approached Senator Feinstein five years ago to inform her of this threat, right now there are more questions than ever regarding this case. And I, I don't know, but I'm just wondering how the spy got away with this for so long. It really does seem remarkable that it was right underneath Feinstein's eye. Yeah, Feinstein's not good at, at figuring out who's spying on her. I do not. It seems to be one of her weeks. But all this time we've been talking about the Russians that we've taken our eye off the Chinese. And they're so passive-aggressive paper straws. <laughs> well, they continue with plastic. <laughs> you know that comes from them. All of the modern inconveniences, it's clear where it's coming from. Hey, Ming, how are you? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Big, strong congressman. I got your coffee for you, just the way you like it. And uh, it's got a straw, too, so you now get coffee on your clothes. Yeah. Thank you, Ming. It's very thoughtful of you. Ah, oh, what is this weird paper thing? Like, what is this? Oh, no, oh, no. Ah, oh, you don't like these straws? They outlaw plastic straws so the fish aren't so bummed out. Yeah. I remember that, Bill. Why would they outlaw plastic straws? Well, I don't know why my Chinese friends made you guys ban. I mean, your brave environmentalist did that. You, oh no, you, you get coffee on your shirt too. You must be sad. I'm so sorry about that. This good American. It's like drinking through a number two pencil. Outside of that, how, how you like your coffee? I, I got it just the way you like it. I, I know you need caffeine or you get sleepy. It's good. I still feel a little bit sleepy. Oh yeah? Oh no, that's crazy. You got coffee all over your shirt. You feel sleepy. Oh, they're so bummed out right now. That's terrible, retarded Yankee. It's okay. Now, there's an important vote today to keep the internet free from censorship. Oh, oh, that's right. I guess you're going to need your iPad. I have for you. Yeah. Damn it. Oh, no. What's wrong? It's only an 87%. Oh, 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 you know what? No, you know, you probably wanted me to use a fast iPad charger, but I only have iPhone charger, so it only, it only charges three quarters away. Oh, no. Won't be the world's greatest superpower for us. I say awesome. America awesome. Yeah, America. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I loved anything as much as Owen loves watching himself in sketch. No, I was, I was laughing at you. It wasn't laughing at me. I was just doing nothing. Like, you were killing me. And I was also laughing, thinking about the fact Bill's mom is probably like, why aren't you also a spy? No, no, no. My mom's got enough disappointment that she's even disappointed for that spy not being a doctor. So. Yeah. By the way, Quarter Black Garrett and Owen, can we all confirm that Bill was laughing the hardest in the room at that sketch while it was playing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bill was laughing the hardest and Asian's capable of laughing. This is true. Hey, hey, this isn't the spirit of crazy rich Asians. Asians are getting all kinds of screen time. I this love it. This is absolutely true. Yeah. You know, and whenever someone says that's right, you really do have to blame Mickey Rooney. 
it really goes back to breakfast at Tiffany's. And I, it is remarkably racist, but we'll piggyback off of it. Uh, okay, to go back to the question from earlier. So this is something we're talking about today, and I do want to hear from you guys. Uh, I know, well, there really aren't that many opinions. I hate to say it. It's not that it's not that we live in a monolith, but it's everyone who's not a far-left progressive pretty much lives in a monolith here protecting freedom of speech. So Alex Jones obviously was simultaneously removed from Facebook, YouTube, Apple, so on. Okay, uh, a move, unfortunately, a lot on the left uh, rejoiced. Now, we talked about that last week, and I think, uh, I, I know you weren't here when we talked about that, but obviously you know about the story, but things have changed. So now Stefan Molyneux's YouTube channel received two hard strikes, seemingly out of the blue. We don't know what for yet. Then YouTube issued the, uh, the H3H3 Productions a hard strike. Uh, I think they were blocked from streaming, right? Yeah, blocked while from they were streaming. While yeah. they were streaming. It happened while they were streaming? Yeah. Um, and I think a big part of the, that was because they addressed the Jones conspiracy. I, can't, I, I have to say allegedly, right? That, that covers me, right? Well, yeah. I say allegedly. Yep. I mean, apparently, because YouTube said it was a mistake afterward. Yep. But the stream was taken down because they addressed the Alex Jones story. Uh, now, let's not forget, since we last spoke, Gavin McGinnis spontaneously banned from Twitter. Yep. Um, who's next? Who's now? Who's next? Well, here's the thing. Social justice warriors claim, or at least we should say they, they hope, this comes from inverse, that we're next. Did you see this? Did you see this? That no. we're next? No. Yeah, look. They actually they called me alt-right. It's the three alt-right channels. And Julie Borowski, she's the token libertarian chick. That's her, her channel's name. She couldn't be less pro-Trump on the conservative side. Insane. It's so funny. When, it's funny when they, uh, when they call people like us alt-right because the alt-right is way more similar to the left. They both think uh, white males are super special. They just differ on policy. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's like a circle. It's like a circle. It comes from like here. And then it comes back around right here. And then exactly. Both basically it's the same a circle thing. of dicks. And, and how about the fact that they uh, <laughs> accused uh, Alex Jones of being a conspiracy theorist, and then the biggest companies in the world conspired to get rid of him? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, then, and then they just go, ah, alt-right. That's what they throw at you. You're alt-right. Listen, short of possible, well, short of absolutely Ben Shapiro, I have been the most outspoken critic of the alt-right and modern conservatism, and that's only because he's really Jewish. You can't out Shapiro, Shapiro. Yeah, you can't out Shapiro, Shapiro. I mean, I can't, t I can't get as personal with the alt-right as Shapiro because I'll be honest, I've never walked a mile in his size six shoes. I couldn't possibly know. <laughs> I've never worn a hat that small. <laughs> I don't even know what alt-right means. I, well, that's the whole point. It's an umbrella term. So, in, in case, by the way, there were still any doubt as to the veracity of these claims from Inverse, they spelled my name uh, with a PH. So not exactly Pulitzer-winning research department there, huh, Inverse? But PolitiFact rated as mostly true, so there's that. Now, uh, the claim is, is not that Alex Jones is a conspiracy theorist accusing congressmen of being pot-bellied interdimensional vamp. Interdimensional vampires would explain Chuck Schumer. Um, the, the, they use the worst excuse possible. And Bill, you, well, that's why we wanted to have you here today, because you can talk about this and offer some insight. The social media platforms didn't say it was about Sandy Hook. It wasn't about the conspiracy theories. They just use this chilling defense. Jones violated the hate speech policies. Well, let me ask you, have any of you read YouTube's policy? Have you read YouTube or Twitter's hate speech policies? I have not. I just accept and move on. You just accept and move on? Yeah, I check the box and I just go. Well, the thing is, some of their hate speech policies aren't consistent with other hate speech policies. For example, if you just sign up and you create an account and then you have, uh, when you become a partner. So there, we've had to go through these quite a few times and sometimes the same company will have different explanations. But this is actually taken directly, I think, from Google support. Uh, Bill, uh, my half-Asian lawyer, Bill Richmond, I think you can read this, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it's pretty clear right there in the paragraph. Uh, there is a fine line between what is and what is not considered to be hate speech 
speech. Hmm. For instance, it is generally okay to criticize a nation state, but if the primary purpose of the content is to incite hatred against a group of people solely based on their ethnicity, or if the content promotes violence based on any of these core attributes, like religion, it violates our policy. Well, a couple, I want to get into, first off, you pointed out something right before the show. I did. I did. The paragraph right before this, and I I really encourage everyone to go take a look at the actual policy, because just above the paragraph I just read is a sentence that says, primary purpose of inciting hatred against individuals or groups based on certain attributes such as race, religion, disability, etc. But what you'll skip over if you don't recognize the language or the lawyerly language is the such as. They're not saying that this is the exclusive list that can be used to ban people from the platforms or take away their monetization or take away their livelihood. It's just an example. So in fact, when you read the literal language of the hate speech policy, it is any characteristic that YouTube decides or Google decides on a certain day that applies to an individual or a group that they happen to fancy at that time. And I don't think there's a real question about which ones they fancy and which ones they mm. don't. Yeah, I, I feel like they've weaponized... Did, did your balls it? just retract into your body cavity? Mine did. Oh, That's they, how terrifying that is. <laughs> well, it's weaponized opinions. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like saying mustard is a hate condiment. Yes. And someone being like, what does that mean? It's like, I hate it, so it's gone now. And the relish is clearly alt-right. <laughs> it's, just, it's just these umbrella labels. Hate yeah. speech. And by the way, this isn't even true. Now, I, that legalese that you got into is super, super important. Because it's like when someone says, ah, the Bible says the world's going to end on October 12th. What? Where did this say? I believe it says it's somewhere near the back. Somewhere around <laughs> It's like, hold on, there's a clause in there. That's what you have in a lot of it. I mean, there are so many outs with, with contracts like these. And, unf- and everyone out there who's signing up for a YouTube channel, you're becoming a YouTube partner, please, please have a lawyer look at it. Over because a lot of people don't know what they're signing into. But even then, there it's not true in the application from YouTube because people have been banned for hate speech simply for criticizing nations or ideologies, of course. The loose definition, the application, of course, of hate speech, it's something that we've harped on here for a long time. It was one of the first ever changed my minds yeah. uh, for those who missed it. Yeah, that was the one way to do it at Sandwich Board because it wasn't it wasn't the state that's going to have a new newly appointed tranny governor, <laughs> and uh, we couldn't actually get permission to be down there in Church Street. But even back then, people were dumbfounded as to why. I could be against hate speech laws. You see that a lot on campus. And let me, let me explain it to you in a way that m- maybe you haven't heard. I'm against hate speech laws for the same reason I'm against Washington, D.C.'s idea of common sense gun control. Now, why am I against that? Okay, I'll point you to Exhibit A. There have been temporary barriers, barriers put in place in many of the bridges across uh, London. Actually, we're doing things like designing out the possibility of a hostile vehicle smashing into pedestrians or uh, buildings. Now, I know you're going to say that wasn't Washington, D.C. That's not the point. So, yeah, after the London terror attack, the mayor of London is implementing vehicle control. That's insane. Right now we have the straw ban probably because someone killed a guy with a straw. Right. This is no. I don't. I don't think it's the passive aggressive Asian. Yeah. I blame your people. But remember, when we used to bring this up as an ex- as an extreme example to make a point on this very show. People would accuse us of straw manning. We're going. Hold on a second. It's way more a, a, a sixteen year old with a learner's permit and a phone or using Google Maps, and she's tech. That's far more dangerous than my PPQ here in the desk that hasn't heard a fly. People would say, Oh, that's so. Oh, that's silly. Now you're, I'm like, What do you want? Vehicle control? You want to control all Jeep Cherokees? All right. Now you're strong. No, this is what they actually want to do in London. It's actually happening. 
Yeah, satire becomes real life in about three months. Well, this is it. I just spoke with Julie Ray yesterday, if you didn't see the debate, and we were talking about hormone blockers, and she said, unironically, well, I'm going to go by the DSM-5, by the guidelines, or I think she said the stage two guidelines, which is uh, 9 to 11 years old, is agreed upon by all the major medical associations. All the major medical associations agree that you should put 9 to 11-year-olds on hormone blockers? Does that include the American Dental Association? I don't know what our definitions are here. Seems iffy. No, that, that's child abuse. That's the thing that got me banned uh, from Twitter and YouTube in the same day. But it, it happened to me so early that no one really noticed. I was kind of like the sex pistols of this banning situation. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, you know, it's interesting that you bring that up because do, do, you don't know how I met Bill. Yeah, how did you meet Bill? No, I met Bill. I was actually in Michigan. And so what happened was, remember there was an article, was it, was it Engadget? Uh, I think it was, um, it was not Wired, but it was one of the, like. Yeah, like Engadget or Mashable. Yeah. So there was an article out that said, okay, Facebook, actually, they do have people controlling uh, what goes into your feed. It's not just algorithmic. Yeah. And there was just a list released publicly, and it included uh, the, the Ted Cruz for president, I think the Chris Kyle Foundation, Breitbart, mm -hmm. and Stephen Crowder. It was, this was on the oh. list, and they released the documents. And I called my friend, our, our good friend Jordan, and I asked him, I said, hey, do you know, could you help me with this? He's like, uh, you know, you might want a different kind of lawyer, like a business lawyer does this kind of stuff. But <laughs> my friend Bill's pretty good. He sounds like Seth Rogen. That's exact, you know that's exactly that, that what he literally sounds him, like. Yeah. And uh, put me in touch with Bill. Do you remember, I called you, I said, I want you to take a look at this. And he'll say, okay, let me take a look at it and I'll call you back. And he called me back in about 10 minutes and you just said, yeah, this is pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you were on that list and it was clear. I mean, it, you know, for those who haven't taken a look at the article, I mean, you got to go back and take a look at how clear it was. A, a former employee came out and said, did you know we have a blacklist with these people's names on it so right. that we can keep them from coming to the top? Because the insinuation being they otherwise would have been at the top of the feeds and the lists and the other and the other public lists. And we had suspected it along. This is the thing, right? It makes if you accuse people of being conspiratorial and you conspire against them, like you said, yeah, it it, it of course, all of a sudden, that little ember becomes a flame. And we always thought, man, it's really weird. We used to trend a lot on Facebook quite a bit. And now we've had videos, we've had articles that get far more shares, that get far more interactions. And algorithmically, it seems like this should trend because it's two or three times as popular as a thing that did trend. Huh. And they just said, no, no, it's the algorithms until this list came out. And I, I guess we can talk about it a lot, but basically it got settled. Out of, we, we, we worked it out. We worked it out. We worked it out. Your mom should be <laughs> Facebook. Your mom should be real proud of that. You worked it out. But you could, you know, you could have been operating on people and saving their lives, though. Yeah, you could have been Something doing that. Too. Useful. Could have been a Ben Carson, where you could have been <laughs> separating and joint twins and stabbing someone in the buckle. So my, my point is that when you give Washington the authority to determine common sense gun control, well, guess what? You, you give them all guns before when we were talking about London and, and, and car control. Not just AR-15s, not just the awesome Walther PBQ with the best striker fire trigger in existence. Nice little plug there. Uh, but the right to private firearm ownership, period. Look at Heller versus DC. Because you gave the authority to the government in the first place, well, now here comes knife control. Now here comes vehicle control. Same thing when people talk about this fiscally. It's not just guns. It's not just free speech. It's the same thing when you give them complete control over your paycheck. It's, well, we need to take from, we need to take from the 1%. Then it's, okay, we'll take from the 1%. We need socialized health care. Then three years down the line, you look like Venezuela. Just give it all to me, you filthy <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> That's what happens. You give them a foothold and they get in, they, they get their foot in the door. They are there all the way. Give any bureaucratic organism, be it Washington or the tech giants in this case, the ability to determine hate speech and you give up all speech. And that's just the basic philosophy of, of delegating your rights to another entity, not even taking into account these kinds of policies 
would have to be carried out with total reliability and efficiency. Right now we're just talking about the flat, we're just talking about the moral aspect of this. Mm -hmm. But then if you get to the pragmatic aspect, you have to believe, for you to line up with them, you have to believe they can carry this out efficiently. You think so? You guys think so? No? Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? Bueller? I have no idea where, 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 where No, no. You know how I know? Because they accidentally banned Robin Williams, who's been dead for four Jeez. years. <laughs> Jeez. That was a part of this last purge. That's insane. You know, a criminal from beyond the grave. You know, I don't know a whole lot, but I know Jack Dorsey is a tiny prick. <laughs> look at that man, big ego, small penis. Oh, oh, look, Jack Dorsey, what an asshole, right? <laughs> sad eyes, sad eyes, but funny face. That's Robin Williams. It's sad eyes with a funny, he's telling jokes, but he's always sad. I can't watch his movies anymore. It is your fault, Jack. It is your fault, Jack. It is your fault. L listen to me, son. All this shit, it's all your fault. Yeah, yeah, I know, but it's all good. It's... No, Jack. You don't know, son. Look at me. It's all your fault. Yeah, yeah, you said that already. I Seriously, know. you're a little prick. Okay, uh, Alex Jones. <laughs> I didn't get to my dramatic scene. Oh, what's the No, no, I, I would have sucked at it anyway. Go on. I don't know. You wanted to cry? Did you want to cry in the studio? I was that building was it up, man. I was building up. I was about to do a full-blown scene like Meryl Streep style. Well, I think you and I were talking about this this week. It's important for people to know that Alex Jones may say some things that you you don't like, that maybe you don't, that I don't like, that we don't like personally. But being banned from YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Spotify, iTunes all at once, it cannot happen without collusion. And Jack Dorsey, by the way, we're talking about him, here he is brown that he was wielding the power of his platform to change Alex's behavior and his points of view. Here you go, see the clip. Well, I feel, you know, any, any suspension, whether it be a permanent one or a temporary one, makes someone think about their actions and their behaviors. We, we have found that it does have the potential to change impact and change behavior. There you go. He's, he's basically saying we, we put him in a timeout to try and make sure that he agrees with us. By the way, when did he join Mumford and Sons? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, and that doesn't work with grown men. What's he going to have him like on a chalkboard say the frogs are not gay, the frogs are not gay? Like, like, <laughs> like the, it's Alex Jones intro to The Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> and what he doesn't understand is a certain type of person, and I think I may actually fall in this category, is when you do something like that, you do the opposite. Like if someone like Jack Dorsey does that to me, like, oh, you can't say this word. That's the only word I'll say for the next 10 years. Yeah, that's turned out to be a problem for you. So. It has. I've lost a lot. But... Some bad calls sometimes. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. it works. Sometimes it works great. Sometimes a swing and a miss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's all of us who've been sitting in this chair. But the, the point that really bothers me about that clip is he's talking about punishing someone to, to change behavior that he doesn't like. Now, meanwhile, this is trending all day today. Hundreds of left-wing papers, they've been pu publishing these anti-Trump screeds demanding that President Donald Trump stop attacking the press. Right, this is what they've been talking about. He's attacking the press because of libel laws. And he really, it's, it's, here's the thing, these bannings of alt-right or even the left-leaning voices, it's, it's, it's clearly uh, about leftist media and tech giants coordinating together in an effort to silence anyone questioning their narrative. And they're completely, systematically shutting down anyone else. Hey, just t take, your, take your pick. Take your pick of anyone who doesn't live in Silicon Valley. No, they're not welcome. Okay, so this simultaneous uh, systematic deplatforming, like I said, it can't happen without collusion. The statistical likelihood is virtually impossible, almost unheard of, and the left couldn't care less about it. That's why it makes it hard for me to get when the papers are saying, hey, free, hashtag free press. Really? Is that what you care about? Because right now this is happening, not a word. 
Nothing. Yeah. And I, I, I'm curious to know if the collusion was happening, if like Yahoo was trying to get in and they're like, get out of here, Yahoo. <laughs> and they're like, no, I can ban people too. And they're like, get out of here, Yahoo. We're hanging out with Zuck. <laughs> Webcrawler's like, this is my opportunity. <laughs> Alta Vista pops in. He's like, come on. <laughs> the bent back paperclip. Remember me? <laughs> Ash Jeeves is like, I'll burn him. You misspelled hate speech. Oh, the paperclip. Whatever happened to that guy? I don't Lippy? know. Was it? Was it called Lippy? And there was, was yeah, it yeah, called Lippy? Yeah. And Clippy, 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 from the, Clippy. From, Clippy. Like, and there was that purple gorilla for a while. Remember that was yeah, like Bonzo, buddy. Clippy, Clippy was never helpful. No, it was never helpful at all. <laughs> it just suggested things that you you weren't in any way searching for at all. Yeah, they're like, do you want to know how to restart your computer? I'm like, I know that Clippy. Okay, is, is this by the way? Is, <laughs> it, is this is this conspiratorial of me? Whole room. Let let, let me know here. I want, I'm asking you, Bill. I'm asking you, Owen. This is happening right before midterm elections. Is it just, I mean, is it just me? I, you, you let me know in the comments. Is it me? I don't no, know. No, means, yeah, yeah. means motive and opportunity, man. Like, th th <laughs> that's where my conspiracies hit. It's like, means motive opportunity and all of those things check, and they're very, very capable of it. Yeah. What do you think, Bill? I think when you You're look just at being who's careful because you're a lawyer right now, no, and you can't I'll, say like I'll, I'll allegedly be, I'll, no, no, they're I'll, bricks. I'll be straight about it. When you when you look at what, who has the the amount to gain, how they can exercise the power to achieve that gain, yeah. and the timing of doing the thing that would help them with that gain, it's hard to say any other conclusion other than collusion. There are a lot of gain, there are a lot of gains in there, but, but, but I think I followed. But they're so bad at human nature, they don't realize it'll backfire. Like now, I'm yeah. definitely voting them. I'll have three watches. <laughs> Lots of alarms ringing. Make sure that you Waiting. don't. Yeah, it'll, you'll look like uh, that scene in Hook when Dustin Hoffman wakes up in his nightmare. Exactly. I tell you what, this is a big reason why we have half Asian lawyer Bill Richman here on Retainer. This is why we have Mug Club. I'll talk more about uh, where we're headed uh, after a guest in the close. But the, the fight right now is it is right here. And I, I just want to make something really clear. This is absolutely the hill that I'm willing to die on. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, well, you know, we'll talk about that more in the close. And I think we'll talk about it quite a bit with Paul Joseph Watson because we actually have one more story for you. Uh, resident favorite non-lesbian who we're not entirely convinced of. Lena Dunham posed nude to commemorate the yeah. nine-month anniversary of her hysterectomy, as one does. This comes from mm. Fox News. I've never celebrated the nine-month anniversary of anything. Well, why start now? She posed nude in Quarter Black Garrett. Uh, can you bring up that photo for us? Yeah, yeah, give me one yeah, second. I think um, we have the picture here. Of course, we'll have to blur it for on air, those uh, watching on radio. Um, oh, God. Podcast and YouTube. Oh, God. Let's go. Oh, God. Up at what? Ah! Oh, what? God. No. No. Paul Joseph Watson will come back after this, then Mark Levin. Oh, God. No. Ah! Hey there, listener. I assume if you're still listening to this audio-only podcast uh, that you're blind, in which case I'm extremely insensitive, or you have Sprint and can't stream. So if you could see me, you would see that uh, I currently am disrobed uh, and picking my wardrobe for the day. What shirt will I wear? Well, thank God we sell some awesome shirts at lottericratershop.com, and it depends which one strikes my fancy. Is it the socialism is for fags t-shirt? I said fags! But really, it's fags. You know, I think I'm going to go with the no undocumented slash bad umbre firearms t-shirt because, first, it's a jab at both illegal immigrants and illegal firearm owners. Plus, it exposes the humorless. Ladderwithkidershop.com. Support it if you're too cheap for Mug Club. All right. 
Very glad to have uh, our, uh, our first guest here in the program. Um, I, I, he's right at the center of all this, of all the controversy with YouTube, and obviously there's Infowars, and he, he's, he's worked with Alex Jones. Uh, you know him, you love him on the YouTube uh, at uh, Prison Planet is what I believe it is. I know it's at Prison Planet on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Did I have the YouTube channel right there, uh, Paul Joseph Watson? Yeah, you just Google my name, Paul Joseph Watson. It's basically that, YouTube oh, wow. slash Paul Joseph Watson. You're a cocky Englishman. You come on here looking all half asleep and sexy and just Google me. <laughs> I'm everywhere, pretty much. Um, <laughs> that was probably wrong, right? That was probably Liverpool or something and grossly offensive. I apologize. Yeah, so, that's not very good. <laughs> before, before we get into the, the, the big tech, all the censorship stuff, you had a great video this week, uh, The Age of Emotional Incontinence. And you were talking about privilege, guilt, the emotions of people always needing to be expressed in the highest profile way possible. Explain for people who've missed it. Again, it's at Prison Planet on YouTube, uh, but you can fill them in in case you know they can't be bothered to go uh, to click. It hurts. Yeah, God forbid, 10 minutes plus video. But yeah, it's basically based on theories written by Theodore Dalrymple, who's a British writer, who noticed the change, especially in Britain over the past 10, 15 years, this cult of emotional sentimentality where we're not only you know, expected, we're encouraged to over-express, to over-emote over absolutely everything, which is the point I make in the video. You know, it's actually encouraging a form of mental illness called mood lability, which is where you overreact emotionally to everything. And we see it in reality TV. We see it with, um, you know, whenever a celebrity dies, they're canonized. We have to go through this, this public ritual of uh, emoting and crying over them, even though if we weren't really into them, didn't really know much about them before they died. Now we have to do it. So, yeah, it's based on Theodore Dalrymple's writings. It's called The Age of Emotional Incontinence. It's quite in-depth, but it's up on YouTube well, and it's, for now. It's, it's a pendulum swing, too, right? It's going too far the other way. And, and that's a big thing because they, they say, well, toxic masculinity tells a lot of young people, particularly young men, they can't discuss their emotions at all. They're not allowed to be emotionally communicative at all, which isn't true. That's not what we believe. We just believe that you know young men shouldn't cry at the drop of a hat. There's a time to cry. There's a time to express your emotions. And there's a time to act based on logic. And so I think they use this straw man a lot of the time to, to build up what we now see a culture of all of my emotions are just as valid as everybody else's emotions at all times. And it makes me want to stab myself. Well, it's this whole thing, and I mentioned this in the video, when people say there's a stigma around depression, there's a stigma around talking about your feelings. No, there isn't. That's all anyone does at this point. You go through YouTube and type in depression, there's, there's a million and more videos about it. The more we talk about depression, this is the point I make, the more depressed people become. And obviously that's because of a number of factors. But this over-emoting about it, constantly oversharing, doesn't seem to be having the desired solution of making people less depressed. And obviously I differentiate between people with PTSD, you know, war veterans or female rape victims. I'm talking about, I mean, I give examples of people who cry because they can't get their eyebrows to look the same. They had a big Twitter thing last year, what makes you cry? And it was literally that. It was literally, oh, I, I try to fit too many things in my bag and I can't. So I start crying. Never visited the threading kiosk at the mall, I take it. It's very painful. <laughs> Yeah, so it's about it's about the whole range of human emotions being cheap and people not having the capacity to deal with real trauma because they flip off the switch at right. a moment's notice and anything triggers them. But it is. Threading is very painful, especially if it is all for naught. I'd probably be upset. I think that's an important differentiation to make uh, that, that, that you are making. And that's also why, you know, we've had these videos where we did the, the, the sting, I guess you would say, undercover in the college socialists. And the girl says, well, because I have PTSD, I don't even remember what else she was talking about. Obviously, I was going, whoa, wait, hold on a second. 
there, there's a hook, PTSD. And I said, oh, I'm so sorry. What, 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 do you want to talk about it? She goes, that's a very rude question. Then I found out she was writing about it everywhere anyway. So I asked a question that I could have already found out the answer to with a quick little thumb press. Well, it goes back to they want to control reality by controlling the language. If, if your words harm them physically, which is the argument they now try to make that words are violence, then they can shut you up. They can silence you. So it all goes back once again to control and power. That's the, the only reason why they do any of this. And that's laid out in the video. I mean, we got like emotional support pigs on planes at this point. We've got people, there was an article recently, a couple who had 400 different personalities that they slipped into from day to day, some of which were children, so they couldn't take care of themselves. And society is normalizing this because the gamut, the range of mental illnesses that we're being told to accept as, you know, forms of oppression, if you even disagree or question them, right. is getting ever vaster, ever wider. And it's basically normalizing mental illness when it, it, sh it should be a stigma to some extent if it's been over-prescribed and if people are over-emoting at nothing. I remember when the temporary insanity plea became really in vogue and people were looking into it saying, is that, is that a real thing? Like, well, you know, I was crazy when I killed him, but I think I'm fixed now. And now they're saying like, well, you know, I, I was able to feed myself until I reverted to Timmy my childlike self, and now I need you to wipe my ass, please. Speaking of, of uh, control and power, obviously, listen, you've, you've worked with Alex Jones for a long time. There's been this deplatforming. We were just talking about it, and we've just, by inverse, I think it's a magazine and online website, we've just been, yours truly, number one, most likely, alt-right channel, as they put it, Stephen with a PH, uh, <laughs> to be removed from YouTube. Well, you know, what, what are your thoughts on this? Because we've talked about this, obviously. Uh, private business can do what they want if they're honest about it. But to me, what's so crazy is all of these different platforms at once. That can't happen without collusion. Well, exactly. And it came out in the New York Times that both Tim Cook and Zuckerberg personally made the decision to pull InfoWars. But you've got to look at the backstory to illustrate how this is not, oh, just a private company. We had Democrat congressmen in October last year when the truck attack happened in New York talking to Twitter executives saying, why is this uh, Paul Joseph Watson's tweet about the truck attack in top trending on the hashtag? And the Twitter executive was immediately like, yeah, we saw that, we removed that. Last month, Congressman Deutsch, Democrat, you know, grilling YouTube and Facebook executives, why haven't you banned Alex Jones? Why haven't you banned InfoWars? Boom, a month later it happens. Yeah. This is also a lobbying campaign, as he said. CNN, Oliver Darcy have been lobbying for six solid months to get Infowars removed from YouTube, Facebook, etc. Wait, wasn't so Oliver Darcy? Wasn't Oliver Darcy from the Blaze, or am I mistaken? Yeah, he's a self-proclaimed conservative, and he's the one leading the charge. And this is how it works: they're in communication constantly with big tech, with Twitter, Facebook, yeah. CNN. So they're constantly, oh, what about this tweet? Doesn't this violate? What about this tweet? And it's every single day they put it on Twitter. Then you get the brigading, you get the witch hunt mob outrage crew to pile on, and that's how they do it. So it's not just these companies enforcing their terms of service. This is a lobbying campaign. It's a brigade campaign. And now, as you said, there's a Newsweek article today about me saying, oh, why hasn't he been banned now? So they're just- well, I'm not going to lie. That was my question. I just, I just wasn't asking it so hopefully, but I thought, oh, is Paul going to be gone? But here you are. 
well, give it time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's. I mean, I, I do wonder what they. Obviously, you've got to be on their list. Do, do you think that they all know uh, who Alex Jones is, and therefore they would all know your connection with Infowars and Prison Planet? Or do you think they're so ignorant they're just taking their marching orders that most people wouldn't really have a clue? Because you obviously are more moderate. You're not as conspiratorial. You're more libertarian. Um, I know we've talked about this, and you're close with Alex. And I don't want you know. Listen, I don't want to speak about anyone who's not here. But you you certainly would be seen as uh, less inflammatory than Alex himself. Well, I mean, people have asked me about this, about, you know, the comments yesterday, didn't you know, the Twitter suspension about the battle rifles and all that, which they stripped out the context, by the way, at the start of the rant, he was talking politically, legally, judicially, they stripped that out. But yeah, I haven't violated any of their terms of service. Trying to control Alex Jones's language on a three-hour radio show is like tr telling a grizzly bear not to behave like a grizzly bear. <laughs> so yes, if you drill down and go through, pick through every single sentence, you're going to find something that might violate their TOS. Right. But again, it's these brigades. It's the fact that Media Matters writes an article about this. Three hours later, he's suspended by Twitter, okay? That's not just a private company going about its business. That's a brigading campaign. That's a media pressure campaign, which is why it's so ridiculous. Today, they're all whining about, oh, Trump's a fascist because he's silencing the media. Meanwhile, they've been lobbying for six months to silence actual media outlets. We're right. the ones being silenced. What is Trump doing to them, apart from calling them mean names? This is funny. You took the words right out of my mouth. We just talked about that, and I couldn't agree with you more. Aside from tweets, and listen, I, I, I do get uncomfortable when any president starts trying to expand libel laws as it applies to journalism. But he hasn't done it. He's talked about it. I'm glad he's not doing that right now. But if you look at, like you said, the policies that come from the progressive left, if you look at what the, what actions they are taking, they could not care less about freedom and journalism. What, what, what do you think actually happens? The genuine question. I do think there can be some self-correction here in the market uh, with YouTube because they lose all of their, their, their viewers if they do this. And that's YouTube's only capital is their viewers, people who are actually on their website. Do you think because of the backlash now, because of uh, what happened with H3, uh, H3H3 Productions, that's a horrible name, really difficult to say. Do you think maybe they backtrack, they step it back, or do you just think they go forward full throttle? Well, we've seen it in the past where we've had it really bad with the demonetization, with the whole SPLC, you know, flagging content. That got pretty bad for a while. Then they stepped it back. But it, again, it's these brigades. If these brigades of blue check marks on Twitter pile on, which they do every day, then you've got people within these companies who feel pressured. The thing that's different about Twitter from what I know, Jack actually, to some extent, supports free speech, believe it or not. He's like the least worst of them because he's talked to big conservative people who've been to dinner with him. And he's getting pressured from within his own company from all these hysterics. See, I thought he was the worst. I thought he was the worst of the three. He was about a year and a half ago. And I thought Susan Wojcicki yeah. still had to be beholden to a, you know, to, to, the, to the bottom dollar at a certain point. But uh, maybe not. Maybe not since we had Clint Howard player in A Christmas Carol. She's a little she, upset about mad. that. Man. But with with um with YouTube, there's talk, and I think there was something like this before, but it's it's not really gone anywhere. Of a YouTubers union where all the big creators in unison complain if something really bad happens. And I've been talking to some pretty big YouTube people. You might have a guess who they are, and they're they're interested in getting on board. You haven't with talked that. with me. I'm up there. <laughs> well, you, we want you on board, obviously. And uh, there's there's talk of a big live stream with all the top personalities probably next week. I think Breitbart's setting that up. So, yep. you know, 
a White House petition. Maybe we can get 200,000 people to sign it. Well, this is why we have half-Asian lawyer Bill Richmond who's in the restroom right now uh, on retainer, uh, because we know this is a fight that we've seen coming for a long while. I think it's going to arrive at our doorstep, our doorstep, meaning Lado's Crowder, sooner rather than later. Uh, It will arrive at some point, and like I said earlier, and I'll talk about in the close, it's the hill I'm willing to die on, because we've invested so much not only in the platform, but on the people who we talk with, the people who we impact. It's about the impact that we have, and, uh, and it's important, and I think that's why they want to silence us. Final question, because you work, obviously, uh, alongside InfoWars. Uh, how's your job security? Are you good? You need us to PayPal you anything? You okay? <laughs> well, actually, um, product sales were up three times over the past couple of weeks. So all this censorship does have some, uh, some you know, decent knock-on effects. Obviously, that's not going to last long term. But, you know, the app was downloaded millions of times, millions of newsletter signups. So we'll be all right for now. We got some capital good. and we've got a loyal audience that will support us in times of need. And they have done. Well, I, I appreciate uh, that your audience says that. Now, where's, where's the best place for people to find you so they can support you personally? Um, at Prison Planet on Twitter is the best place. At Prison Planet on Twitter, as long as Jack Dorsey still thinks he's cute. And why wouldn't he? Look at those baby blues. I and uh, we're the same way. Listen, that's why we had to create Mug Club, because we're still fighting the fight on YouTube. And I appreciate that you're there. Paul Joseph Watson, you must go. We have Mark Levin next. Thanks a lot. Take care. Hey, Steven Crowder here. I've been fighting for conservatism my entire life. Even with hundreds of millions of views and downloads online, it's an uphill battle. A national news leak this year revealed that Facebook was targeting and silencing my site specifically, and now Google is too. The left has been trying to bury us all for years, but now we are fighting back hard. That's why I've joined forces with CRTV.com to launch my new daily show alongside powerhouses like Mark Levin. You can subscribe for less than $8 a month and not only get access to all of your favorite shows, but join in the fight. No team with this kind of firepower has ever been assembled before. The left has been bullying us into silence for years, and they think they've got this in the bag. Really, they've just been knocking at the gates of hell. And now those gates are about to open. Subscribe at CRTV.com and join us today in the fight to take media back. And I looked and behold, a pale horse, and his name that sat on him was Death, and Hell followed with him. All right, glad to have our next guest, our second guest in the program, good friend uh, of the show. He's uh, he's obviously a good friend of the show because he's also on the CRTV network. If you're a member of Mug Club, you get his show there uh, yeah. as well. It's yeah. uh, marklevinshow.com. He's all over radio as well. Levin TV is the program. The great one, Mr. Mark Levin, how are you, sir? I'm good, Steve. How are you? Okay, I'm a little bit, a little bit tired, a little bit tired of the news, a little bit tired of uh, of of all of the things. Um, we were just talking with Paul Joseph Watson about this this big deplatforming, and I, wa- I wanted to get your opinion on this because I know, listen, there's no love lost for you on a personal level with you and Alex Jones as far as what you would agree or disagree on. But we've seen a lot of people from across the political spectrum say, okay, all right, this this is a really slippery slope right now. Um, wh- where do you line up on this, and do you think that at some point you could be in the crosshairs? I don't know Alex Jones. Honestly, I've never listened to Alex Jones. I read about Alex Jones. And you know what that tells me? What harm is a guy doing? He may be a goofball. He may be way out there. He may be a lot of things. But it's like anything else. If you don't want to watch, you don't watch. You don't want to listen, you don't listen. You don't want to read about him, you don't read about him. I'll tell you what I'm sick of. I'm sick of modern day book burning. I'm sick of taking statues down that people don't like. I'm sick of taking people off who you don't like and so forth and so on. I'll tell you what else is amazing. The left is nuts. The mainstream left is nuts. 
They're on MSNBC, CNN. They have guests that say the most outrageous things. And yeah. Nobody talks about taking them off the air. And then we have to hear about they're protecting free speech when they're not. Then we have to hear they're protecting freedom of the press when they're not. So, so many crazy things are being said by so many crazy people on so many platforms. Yeah. I pick on one nut. You can pick on a whole lot of nuts. So my attitude is let it go. Yeah, you can, you can pick on all these nuts. I do think, you know, if you're talking about mainstream leftists, a good example, because they, for, like you said, you've read about Alex Jones, right? Well, if you read from the left about anybody, you're going to get a slanted view. And let's take Alex Jones out of the equation, but let's take Cortez, you know, uh, Nina uh, Pinta Santa Maria uh, Cortez there, this current Democratic Socialist in chief. Um, she, uh, uh, Ben Shapiro called her out, as he does, for a debate, and she said that he was catcalling her. Now, if you were to read the articles from the left, you'd believe that Ben Shapiro is some kind of a hoodlum catcalling a potential DNC candidate. That's not accurate. So then what does that do? It leads us down the trail to maybe deplatforming Ben Shapiro. They call him alt-right. They call myself alt-right. That really is my concern here because they use the same tactics against everyone, and that can be turned on either of us. Yeah, no. Joy Reid was never deplatformed, was she? And uh, the things that she said. How about the kook that now writes for the uh, editorial page of the New York Times with this hideous, outrageous, poisonous language about white men and whites this and whites that? Yeah. She got a promotion. So uh, by that, you know, Alex Jones should be writing for the uh, New York Times editorial board. Yeah, I think it makes about as much sense. Uh, we were talking earlier in, in the break about Omarosa, and uh, I'm, 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 now I'm getting all the, I'm thinking Ponderosa Steakhouse. Uh, at all the now I'm hungry. All the now I'm hungry. Yeah, great. If you hear Ponderosa Steakhouse and you're hungry, you need a DeLorean, because I don't think there are any more, <laughs> any more of those. Um, steak. What do you make of this? You know, it's, it's always, these things get so convoluted. Stories like Stormy Daniels now apparently might run for office. You just go, okay, these things seem so politically motivated. It's hard to really uh, sort of piecemeal this into the truth. What's been your take on this situation? I know it's died down a little bit, but Monday, it was the most important story of, of the year, apparently. My take on this is how we dumb down America. I mean, honestly, nobody cares about Omarosa, Ponderosa, Stormy Daniels. Nobody cares about any of this stuff, but these are puppets for the media to use to attack Trump. That's what it's all about. Right. Amarosa was hated by the left. All of a sudden, they love her. It's like Jim Comey. They wanted him fired. Trump fires him. All of a sudden, he's an angel, and we got to use Jim Comey. Yeah. I think the problem here um, kind of goes back to the deplatforming. You and I, most of your viewers, most of mine, believe in freedom of the press. We believe in the First Amendment and freedom of speech. That's great. And then the media says, if you attack them, you're attacking freedom of the press. No, we're not attacking freedom of the press. Who's attacking freedom of the press? We couldn't shut down the press if we wanted to. No, we're attacking the, the, the knuckleheads. We're attacking the fact that they have uh, degraded what press means. Right. We're attacking there's one ideological bent, pretty much, yeah. in the media. We're attacking the fact that there's so many important things going on in the world and they bring in porn stars, and they're goofball lawyers, and they bring in Amarosa. I don't know why I find it so funny to hear the great one, Mark Levin, say the word porn stars. Porn stars! I don't know, it's just, there's something, I never <laughs> thought I heard that. right here. Yeah. <laughs> I would never, it'd be like, you know, Bernie Sanders uttering, fiscal responsibility! <laughs> you don't expect it. But, no, I think you're right. Here, let me, let me kind of pause this one thing. Imagine on the flip side, the left absolutely has the ability to completely eliminate right-wing press. They completely have the ability to silence us, if not for the internet, and if not of course, for now, social media, which eventually will bypass. And that's why they're like a, a baby being put in its crib, throwing a tantrum before nap time. They did that's have that ability. That's a very important point. Now, that's a very important point. You know, 
it, every five years or so, they take a run at the conservative talk radio and try and put that out of business, right. try, try and create fairness. You know, it's always the iron fist is always hidden behind fairness and reform. Uh, you had a memo circulating by Mark Warner. He's the senior Tourette senator from uh, the state of Virginia, you may notice. And this guy, he's talking, he puts a memo up about basically how to nationalize the Internet. They always want to nationalize stuff on behalf of freedom and equity. Right. Uh, so they're the ones attacking the Internet. They're the ones who attack talk radio. They're the ones who attack Fox. Do you know any serious conservative who wants to shut down any media platform or who wants to nationalize the Internet? I can't think of any. No, I, you know, and I don't think that we'd really want to shut down any media because we, we more so just want to watch them suffer. <laughs> That's and we want to talk. Yeah, we have a lot of ideas and we want to get them out and we want to get them out to as many people as we possibly can. Yeah, that's why you're as big as you are and some others are as big as they are. The reason is we like ideas. We like to engage. No, I, th I think you're absolutely right. And that's, you know, you know, I've, I've grown up. Uh, I had to, to pirate talk radio because in Montreal, I was in Montreal. We didn't really have it. So I had to pirate it across from Plattsburgh, New York. I've talked about that because we had government run uh, media exclusively back then. Uh, and a lot of people don't realize that. I said, no, you don't need to go to Venezuela. Basically, picture NPR times a million. And it was our only news source for the longest time. Yeah, it, it really is fine chillingly scary when you think of what's going on right now because i hear the left a lot you know they talk about corporations man and the government man and listen i understand listen there's crony capitalism absolutely but to say that corporations are an arm of the government and they're doing censorship on behalf of the government and going well, hold on a second we think all of social media is censoring alex jones for donald trump but if the shoe's on the other foot imagine hillary clinton in office right now that's how, a scary how thought. many corporations are really run by conservatives? Very, very few. Very few. Uh, they, they hate corporations that are in, you know, do things like make it possible to be warm during the winter and, uh, and cooler during the uh, summer. We call those oil companies. Mm -hmm. You know, they hate companies like that because that's just who they are. But most corporations are not run by conservatives. Most uh, CEOs are not conservative. In fact, most billionaires aren't even conservative. Some are. Most yeah. are not. And so uh, they talk about like there's this cabal of corporations that are out to get the little guy. No, it's actually big, centralized, iron-fisted, autocratic government that's out to get the little guy. Well, I think that's a good point. Is there's a stark contrast because people can look at this. People can look at the statistics for small and mid-sized businesses. Most of those business owners are conservative. But when you get to a certain point where you're effectively a lobbying group, and a lot of big businesses are, you learn how to play ball, and you end up at least installing as CEOs some people who know how to play political football. And uh, that's kind of what you see with a lot of these big corporations. Not the same for mid and uh, upstart businesses. Uh, all right, we do have to go. We go, can't, can't talk for that long. And I know you're tired and I'm tired. We've both had star. long weeks. <laughs> Fiscal responsibility. <laughs> oh, my God. And Stormy. I like her. She's very bosomy. Uh, at Mark Levin Show, Levin TV on CRTV. Is there anything anywhere else where people can support you? The great one. Uh, yes, my bank account's available. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't need anything. I'm doing fine. Right now, there's a Russian watching this going, I will get yes. the transfer code. <laughs> All right. Okay, that is Levin TV at CRTV. Thank you very much, Mr. Levin. I appreciate you taking the time. Go get some rest. God bless, brother. Oh, yeah. And now for the adventures of the white privilege boy. Did you see the look on Mr. MacArthur's face? Yeah, he didn't know what hit him. That was awesome. Oh, darn it, there's Officer Jenkins. Oh, no, what do we do? I know, let's run into that alleyway. 
Oh, shoot, it's a dead end. Oh, go darn it. Now, boys, have you three been up to no good? I don't know what you're talking about, Officer Jenkins. Well, I've been getting some phone calls. Does Mr. MacArthur ring a bell? All right, guys, run. I got this. I still have my BB gun. Oh, Timmy, I'm disappointed. You know you're not supposed to aim a loaded firearm at an officer. Yeah? What are you going to do about it, Officer Jenkins? i tell you what I'm going to do to you, Timmy. First, you're going to put the loaded firearm down. I'm going to have to call your mother. But first, we'll go grab an ice cream cone and talk about it. What do you say? Okay. Can I ride in the front of the paddy wagon? Oh, Timmy. Usually that's not allowed, but since you're white... Oh, those boys! What pickle will they find themselves in next? Stay tuned for next week's installment of Adventures of the White Privilege Boys. Dude, I was not prepared for that. You were not. No, are you doing better? Yeah. I'm okay. I don't think we can fix that in post, just so you know. There are some things that are beyond <laughs> fixing in post. By the way, you've you've been a horrible hood pass. Leave that that high pitched squeal. Yeah, I'm sorry. You, you are know. not going to earn us any points at the. Uh, we're going to have to. Send I'm going to get shot. We're going to send you into a double the NAACP some kind of a conference and see what they do with you. Let's see. We'll see what happens. Right. Don't worry. We'll protect you. We'll okay. protect. You. Have you ever been to one of those? Have you ever been to like an all black deal? No, I mean I've been to like a black church. Really? Well, yeah. yeah so, but did, but do they treat you as one of their own? No. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. I went to an Ethiopian church when I was in LA. They did not at all uh, as well. Um, thank you so much, Paul Joseph Watson and Mark Levin. We really appreciate it. Next week in third chair, we're going to have Razor Fist in there. Yeah. And then come, we're going to have uh, Brodigan back. We're going to have the Hodge Twins back. We're going to have Nick DiPaolo hopefully really soon coming out there. Uh, Boss Rutten in November. So really excited. You know, we've been talking the last couple of weeks about this, and that's because most news, they, they take off all of August. Uh, the deplatforming whether it's the progressives sort of setting the stage for the DNC in November, that's kind of the conspiracy, or whether it's a violation of free speech, whether these companies constitute a monopoly, whether they need to be regulated as public, public utilities, and, and everyone kind of has a different opinion. And I know a lot of you feel like, or a lot of you have, have expressed that you, you don't think you have definitive answers. That's because in this case, there, there aren't a lot of definitive answers, but let me give you something definitive, okay? This, right now, what's happening? This is a hill I'm willing to die on that we here at Lotto's Crowd are willing to die on. That's as definitive as I can give you as it relates to us. What do I mean by that? Well, we, we created Mug Club specifically for this reason, so that everyone can actually hear, continue to make a living um, and continue to create content that you know and love, hopefully, sometimes moderately like. Uh, why? Because we've suffered from this for a long time. You know, demonetization. Surprisingly, not as bad as some, actually, the demonetization, but worse on the restricted mode. I think all our videos, except for 12, are in restricted mode. Um, and obviously more so strikes and false copyright. So much so that we, that's actually why we've had to put half Asian lawyer Bill Richmond on retainer. So we're hiring new people. You can go check out on the web, uh, check things out on the website for uh, people who are looking to apply. There's been a process. There's been a golden ticket for those who are Mug Club members. You already know 
the rules, the stipulations for people watching, you're just going to have to join Muckle to figure it out. But we're moving into yet an even larger space, uh, bringing in people like we talked about, like Owen Benjamin, Hodge Twins, Razor Fist next week, Nick DiPaolo. And, and these people are going to be here for days in studio for you. Why is including more people becoming such a priority for this show? Because we want people with the balls out there uh, to take a stand and know that we have their back. And this is something that occurred to me not that long, really this week. You, you know, do you know how many uh, conservative shows Quarter Black Garrett, uh, Owen Benjamin no. had done before this show? No. Um, None. You know how many of the Hodge twins had done before they were on this show? None. None. Zero. Razor Fist? None. Nick DiPaolo? Zero. Andrew Bogut? Zero. Daniel Cormier? Zero. Uh, George St. Pierre? Zero. Ralph Macchio? Zero. These are people who have never, ever in their lives done a conservative show, done any kind of, they don't do political talk radio, but they came on this show. They had the balls to do it. Now, in some cases, like Owen Benjamin, like Nick DiPaolo, then they end up being out of the closet as a conservative forevermore. And you know what? That's a pretty tough stance to take right now. And so we want them to know that we have their back. We want to include as many people, kind of rotate them throughout the studio. You let us know who you like there. But it's important to me when you realize that responsibility. Uh, and the only way to do it, the only way to bring them out, obviously flying them out, is, is, is my club. That's the only way we know how. The full show is up there every single day. Uh, should it be taken down here? And we've had a lot of people say this, like, we need, and you, we've both talked about this, uploading to other platforms. And, you know, for a long yeah. time, we thought about Vimeo. People saying, well, why don't you upload all your videos to Vimeo? Well, we just saw Vimeo removed, Alex Jones, too. Yep. Vimeo. Patreon has moved thousands of people. They've completely removed them, often for political reasons. The point is that if you don't control it entirely, you are always at the mercy of the Silicon Valley mob. They take a cut, and they get to control what it is you do and where you get to play. And they think it's the only way. Uh, but because we don't use Mug Club as a bait and switch, we, we actually use it and the support that we get from you to provide more content on YouTube than ever. Why? Because we actually think it's a big part of our mission. We see millions of people, and not just the people we've just talked about who are higher profile, but millions of other people who've changed their minds, who've opened up their minds as a result of this show. And not just the show. We're not the only ones. There are a lot of other people out there. There's Ben Shapiro. There are people like Dave Rubin. There's Jordan Peterson, of course. But this is the way we're able to do it with a late night comedy show. And if YouTube tries to deplatform us, or if they start doing it to everyone else, not including us, this is a hill I'm willing to die on. If conservatism dies on social media as a whole, it will be because we were here, having done everything we possibly could, and you'll find this entire crew dead on that hill. Now, here's one thing, too. Everyone has to pick hills that they're willing to die on. You've heard me talk about this, not, not just in this, uh, but, of course, overall in general in life. You, you, you pick a point. Everyone draws a line in the sand at some point. You, you choose your hill. Is it your marriage? Are you willing to die on the hill that keeps it together? Regardless of how much you argue or how wrong you may think you are for each other, how wrong you may think she or he is in this argument, how unhappy it may feel, is that the hill you're willing to die on? Is it your dreams? Are you willing to die on the hill that makes them happen? Regardless of how many doors get slammed in your face, regardless of the professional, the personal humiliations I've experienced, almost all of them, including nearly soiling myself before the Just For Last Festival, regardless of how many of the so-called friends you lose, is it your beliefs? Are you willing to die on the hill to stand true to your convictions, regardless of how many work opportunities you lose, like Owen, how many teachers don't like you? I, I, I get your emails, believe me, after the YAF conference, I, I, I hear you. How many Fs you get? Are you willing to die on the hill of your convictions? In our case, when it comes to YouTube, by the way, it's not about entitlement. I want to make this really clear. It's about an agreement. They, YouTube, all of these social media giants, but particularly YouTube, have courted our business, Lauderworth Crowder's business, and repeatedly asked uh, they've asked us to invest on this platform and to invest in you, the viewers here, and we have. 
And I know some of you can't afford Mug Club yet, so we do what we can, we upload as much free content as we can, but we're aware of the impact that we have, and I'm incredibly grateful. I don't get a big head about it, I wake up in cold sweats because of the impact that you have given us here so generously. And to keep that impact going, that they hate, I'm willing to die on this hill. I'm willing to pay whatever it takes to fight the hard strikes, and we have. Many, many, many tens of thousands of dollars. I'm willing to put whatever lawyers we have to on retainer. I'm willing to fight it out in the public. I'm willing, to, I'm willing to fight it out on social media, all of these platforms. I am willing to fight it out in the courts behind closed doors. I, and I know the rest of this team, were willing to make the hard decisions needed in picking people next to us all as we prepare for this. We know, like you've heard me talk about this a long time. We know that this has been coming down the pike. The question was just of when. And so it's important that we have everyone, as you've seen in this studio, people who are also willing to die on the hill to make sure that you and the rest of you watching you are not alone. Whatever it takes. That's where we are with this right now. And I, whether you agree with Alex Jones or not, uh, or not it's, it's whatever, whatever it takes. That's where we, whatever it takes to fight this at every single point. And by the way, when I say whatever it takes, that doesn't mean there's a guaranteed victory. Hell, we, we could all get deplatformed, maybe even tomorrow, and we all lose. Maybe, maybe we will die on that hill. Maybe you will too. But you know what? I, I know that if we're not willing to, there's no chance at us climbing it anyway. If we're not willing to roll the dice, and you all have those moments where you have to pick them. And I guarantee you that I and everyone who works here will do whatever it takes to stay there and hold that hill first. You want to be there with me? You've all got to pick your hills. And here's the thing, isn't, isn't it glorious? When people talk about this, we talk about the hill to die on. And often you hear this as, well, is that the hill you want to die on at work? Right? You hear that, is that the hill you want to die on with an argument with your wife? Actually, it's, it, it should be used not as a pejorative, it should be used in a positive light. Because isn't it glorious that in the end, instead of going out like some tired, feeble coward, you, you at least get to pick out how you get taken out. So I, I'm, I don't know what's going to happen with everyone else who's being deplatformed. But I do know that it's not going to happen to us without the ugliest, tooth and nail dog fight that we can give them. And that happens with your support. So you have to decide. Are you willing to die on this hill? Are you willing to die on the First Amendment hill? Are you willing to die on the hill right now when they are trying to silence everyone who disagrees with them? You don't even have to agree with me. You certainly don't have to. I don't agree with Alex Jones on a whole lot. You don't have to agree with any of us. You just have to agree with the basic concept that there needs to be an open platform for people to express their point of view. Or if you enter into a business contract that you can't screw somebody simply because you disagree with them. Are you willing to die on that hill? Because I am. So good. Start by joining Mug Club or buying a Walther. That's your first step. And you can watch more videos. See you next week.